Well, I suspect that every one of us has been where Elijah was in our first reading. You just want to give up, right? The ironic backstory, though, is that this is coming off of one of the greatest moments of faith, really, in all the Bible. Elijah had called for a contest to prove who the real God is. Let's set up two altars, he said. Put an altar here, put an altar there, put a sacrifice here, put a sacrifice there, but you can't light it. You call on Baal, the false god. I'll call on God. Let's see who lights it up, right? And if you know the story, you know how it goes. But this took great courage. Elijah was going up against the wicked and powerful king of Israel. He went up against those prophets of Baal, 450 of them to just one of him. And he had the confidence that before he called upon God, he had his sacrifice doused with buckets and buckets and buckets of water. And then he called on God and fire comes down from heaven and evaporates the sacrifice. But all it took was wicked Queen Jezebel, if you've ever heard of her. Who was this woman, really, seriously, that all she had to do was threaten Elijah and he ran from her as far as he could possibly go and he just wanted to give up, just let me die, Lord. Who was she? But we all have Jezebels in our life, don't we? It might be a person or it might be a situation in your life that so has control over you, so strikes fear into your heart, so discourages you that you just want to give up. You lose faith. How do you go from way up here on the mountain to boom, falling off the cliff like that? Well, because Elijah fell into a trap that we all fall into. You see, it was not his faith that defeated the prophets of Baal. The Lord God did that. But Elijah's faith in that moment was open to the Lord, ready for what God was going to do in that moment. But then Jezebel comes along and threatens him, and he sort of closes himself off from the Lord. He turns inward. He gets he gets scared. And our readings today talk a lot about the nature of faith and what faith is. And it's a word that, of course, we use a lot. In fact, here at Trinity, we say faith, family, and future. It's kind of a big deal to us. But do we always really understand what faith is? You see, sometimes I think we think of it as sort of just wishful thinking. Just believe and it'll all be okay. But it's not always okay, is it? Or sometimes we think of faith as personal inner strength. You either have a strong faith or you have a weak faith. But if it all relies on you, well, do you think you're better than Elijah? I mean, he's one of the greatest people in the story of the entire Bible, and his inner strength failed him. Faith, this may sound strange, but we don't put faith in our faith. We don't put faith in ourselves. We don't rely on ourselves. So in our gospel reading, Jesus is trying to help us understand what faith really is. You see, at the time, the people he was talking to, they were having a hard time believing that he, the son of Mary and Joseph, we know this guy. He came down from heaven. Are you kidding me? 
But Jesus explains that if you're going to believe this, if you're going to receive it, well, this is how it happens. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draw him. And he goes on to explain, if you were really listening to the Father, if your heart was opening, open to him, then you would be listening to me. And in fact, the only one who really knows the Father is the one who came down from heaven from the Father, me, says Jesus. It kind of goes in a, in a circle, doesn't it? If you really want the Father, you've got to have Jesus. If you really want Jesus, you've got to have the Father. But your heart has to be open to both of them to truly listen. That's faith. And Jesus compares faith to eating. Think for a moment of the action of eating, of chewing, and swallowing. If you just chew and swallow, that is not going to satisfy your belly, is it? It's going to grind your teeth and probably give you gas. you got to put something in your mouth. Think of faith as the action of chewing and swallowing. That alone doesn't satisfy. Faith alone cannot satisfy. It's what faith chews and swallows that satisfies. And what happened to Elijah, what was happening to the people Jesus was talking to, and what happens to us sometimes is that we shut our mouths. How many of you have ever tried to feed a little baby who doesn't want to eat the disgusting baby food that you're trying to feed the baby, right? Comes out looking something like this, maybe. Now, this baby's pretty cute. Actually, it usually turns out looking more like this. Disaster zone, right? You're trying everything to get the baby, but if, I mean, I, can you blame, I mean, who wants to really eat that? It's just blended up stuff that they put in a jar. But if that baby decides, I don't like this, or the baby's being stubborn, or is whatever, forget about it. Clamps the mouth shut, not going to happen. And if you get the baby agitated enough that they open up their mouth because they're crying, don't fall for that trap and try to shove the food in at that point because you know what's going to happen. It's coming right back out. But think, those of us who've done this before, you've done this little trick, think of the absolutely silly, ridiculous antics we do trying to get the baby to open the mouth and put it in. There comes the airplane. You put it in your mouth, you put it in their mouth, back in your mouth, back and forth. That's how you build up their immunity. I mean, it's, oh, silliness. Psalm 81, verse 10. The Lord God says this to us. Open wide your mouth, and I will fill it. And what does the Lord want to fill us with? Jesus goes on in his teaching today and says probably what is the most controversial thing he ever said. The thing that tripped up people more than ever. We're going to hear this in a couple of weeks, how much it tripped them up. He said this, I am the living bread that came down from heaven Whoever eats this bread will live forever. Oh, okay, that's not so tough. It's the next part. The bread that I will give is my flesh for the life of the world. Flesh? I mean, when I even say the word out loud, it kind of makes you go, mm, yeah. it kind of makes you squirm a little bit, right? Flesh. Eat the bread, I, okay. Eat my body, okay. Eat my flesh? But my friends, this is the very center of our Christian faith. This is the very heart of our Eucharistic faith as Christians. 
This is the thing that causes so many people to stumble and to walk away from Christianity. But everything, everything hinges on what I am about to say right now. Every religion in the world wants an encounter with the divine. That's because as human beings, we all want the encounter with the divine. We have a sense that there's something bigger than ourselves. That's not unique. But here's the thing. We are human beings, which means we are both body and soul. We only know reality through our bodies, through the five senses that God gave us. This is how we perceive. This is how we know. This is how we encounter reality. But as we sang in that opening hymn, God is immortal. He's invisible. He's inaccessible to us and to our five senses until God comes down from heaven into the flesh, into the crass earthly stuff that we are made of. Which, by the way, if we're made of this and we're made by God, then maybe this stuff isn't so crass after all. Maybe it's actually good. But God enters into his own creation so that we can come into contact with him. So that, as we say, we can press the flesh with our God. So do this with me for a moment. Would you just take your fingers and just rub them together? Just like this. Hold your hand up. Just rub your fingers together like this. Make sure everybody's participating. That's good. Rub them together. Press your flesh. Do this. Just do it as hard as you possibly can. Get them as tight and as close as you possibly can. Closer than this. Closer than this. Our God wants to do more than come into contact with us. He wants to even do more than press the flesh with us. Our God wants to come into us and live within us. And so he has come down from heaven, the invisible Son of God, taking on human flesh from his mother Mary, becoming one of us. And he offers that flesh as the sacrifice for the world. And then he gives that flesh to us to eat and to drink. We take the divine life into ourselves. And he says to us, open wide your mouth and I will fill it. Open wide your heart and I will fill it. That's faith. So who are you? Elijah, defeating the prophets of Baal, way up on high on the mountain. Elijah, running scared from Jezebel, ready to give up. Or maybe somewhere in between, maybe ambivalent at best, whatever. My brothers and sisters, do not turn to yourselves. Do not turn inward on yourself. And whatever you do, don't close your mouth. The angel of the Lord came to Elijah and tapped him on the shoulder. And today, God comes to you and to me, and he taps us on the heart. And he says, get up and eat. This journey is too much for you. But not if you would open wide your mouth and let me fill it. Last weekend was incredible, was it not? Those of us who were here, was it not? 
amazing. I was talking with some of you even right before worship. And I know that not only did it fill the hearts of Pastor Shalhorn and Fran as we celebrated that 32 years of ministry they have given to us, I think it filled all of our hearts as the Trinity family. I just want to say right now thank you to everybody who was able to come. I know some of you were out of town and couldn't come. I want to thank all of the volunteers who did all the little things to just make it an absolutely wonderful, wonderful day. And I especially want to thank a young lady in our midst who put together an amazing liturgy and worship. She's sitting right over there. If you don't know Laura, our parish musician, music was phenomenal last week. Let's just show her our... Just a a little taste of heaven last week for sure. So as we were in that liturgy last Sunday morning... I found myself just telling myself, slow down, slow down, try to absorb this, try to take it all in, you know, but I was so excited. I could not wait to get to the end of that service. I wanted to get to the end because finally, after 20 years, I was going to finally take over, right? No, 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 no. Don't anybody quote me. (laughs) No. I couldn't wait to get to the end of that service because I knew what was coming. I knew the surprise that was coming. And it was a surprise. Pastor, friend, they didn't know. But I knew that when we gave the honorary title Pastor Emeritus and when we were going to bring out that good shepherd statue to honor them, I knew it was going to fill their hearts to the point that they were going to explode. I couldn't wait to get to that moment. And I wonder if that's just a little sense of how Jesus feels right now about you and about me. I wonder if Jesus is saying right now, oh, I can't wait. (laughs) Open wide your mouth and I will fill it.